Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here with you, to be able to celebrate what God is doing, what God has done, what God continues to do in and through us, God's church, so that we can be made more and more into the image of God, so that we can go into the world proclaiming the good news of what God has done and what God is doing. Happy New Year. I am excited to have you with us in this new year. If you are new here, for this new year, we are certainly excited that you have chosen to join us. Uh, we're excited because we know uh, that we are passionate about being like Jesus. We know that we're not perfect, uh, but we know the one who is perfect, and that's Jesus Christ. And so we want to invite you on a journey with us to grow in relationship with God, to grow in relationship with one another, to grow in that relationship into a deeper and more abiding level of, of love and grace so that we can be the people that God wants us to be, so that we can make a difference in the world that God wants us to, so that we can love people where they are and celebrate all that they're doing. And so this new year that we're starting uh, all feels way too familiar, doesn't it? Uh, it feels like it was just a year ago that we were sitting, uh, that I was standing up here thinking to myself, okay, here we go. It's a brand new year. Goodbye, 2020. Hello, 2021. And, and here we are in 2021 saying goodbye and saying, hello, 2022. Please, please be better than 2021. And yet on the horizon is the Omicron variant, and it is uh, making people uncomfortable again. And so really, here we go again. Here we are, and what does it look like going forward? Maybe uh, some of you are sitting out there thinking, hey, I'm going to make some, some New Year's resolutions that are going to be pretty big and change uh, my lifestyle uh, because I want things to be differently. Maybe I'm going to go and get healthier. Maybe I'm going to move to be closer to family because we've all struggled with being present with our friends and family during the course of this pandemic. And, and to be totally honest, I, I think that maybe maybe we could all use a reset. Maybe we could use a reset in our lives, not just resolutions, but something to change fundamentally the course and direction of our life so that we can be the people maybe that God wants us to be so that we can live boldly into the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I, it would be great, truly, if life was like a video game. Uh, if, if life enabled us to press a reset button anytime things started to get difficult, anytime things were hard to navigate, if we could reset and change our direction, think of how beneficial that could be for each and every one of us. Uh, for me personally, I know for a fact I would reset before COVID. Uh, I, would, I would change the timeline so that when I hit the reset button, it would be before COVID even began and before anything was going on. And so uh, if you're like me, maybe you want to press that reset button too. Uh, the truth is though that we can't just reset that way. Uh, we can't go back in time and change that, but we can reset how we do life. We can reset as an individual. We can reset in the way that we proceed and, and navigate life. 
And, and maybe in a reset, uh, we, can, we can recognize that gift that we received at Christmas of new life in Jesus Christ. We can live more like we were made to. And so over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how God wants to reset us uh, in, in looking at things like the way we focus on God and life, the faith that we have, the direction that we have, the passions that we have for God, and the relationships that God has put in our path. And, and we're going to look at what it would look like to reset each and every one of those. Today, we're going to be focusing on focus. Uh, and it's going to be awesome because we get to talk about, uh, we get to talk about some video games in the process. Uh, here's the deal. When, when my son was a kid, he got for Christmas one year, uh, Donkey Kong 64. Some people maintain that this is the greatest of all Donkey Kong games. It definitely had the greatest song because it had the Donkey Kong rap. Uh, none of you care about any of that. Uh, the idea was, though, that you played one of Donkey Kong's gang, and you would go and you would collect golden bananas in, in an attempt to uh, beat every level so that you could uh, progress in the game until you got victory over the game, right? I, I, here's the deal. I don't even remember what the ultimate goal of Donkey Kong 64 was because I got stuck in Donkey Kong 64. One of the things you had to do was you had to play the old Donkey Kong arcade game, which you climbed a ladder and tried to rescue the princess, and, and uh, Donkey Kong was the bad guy in that, and he would take the princess to the next level. Well, you had to play that game in the game, and, and it was tough, but you had to beat it, and you would get a golden banana, right? It made, it made perfect sense in the sense of the video game. Trust me, I'm not trying to tell you it's a good idea now. Uh, but as a primate playing a video game, as a, as a human playing a primate playing a video game, uh, it was important. So you would go after the golden banana, and when you beat that game, you would get the golden banana. And, and here's the deal. It was hard for me to do that. It took a, a little bit of time for me to beat it the first time. The second time you had to do it, was to win the game. Like they, they, it wasn't bad enough that you had to do it once. They wanted you to play Donkey Kong the second time and beat the game a second time. And if you did that, then you could progress and win the entire game. If you didn't do it, you couldn't beat the game. And here's the deal. It took me days. It took me days to get through this. I, I, I was so hyper-focused on this that, that I, I, like, I was dreaming about Donkey Kong. Like, I couldn't beat it. And time and again, I would go and I would die on one of the levels trying to get to beating it. And, and my son had given up hope. He wasn't even sitting there with me because I was trying to do this so that he could progress in the game. Uh, and, and it just was one of those things that I, I, I was just struggling so bad. And, and I got so focused on it that, like, I would come home from being at work, and, and I would eat dinner, and I would go, and I would start trying to play. I, while I was at work, I was thinking about how to beat the Donkey Kong game. I was trying to remember the levels and know which direction I needed to go, and which barrels I needed to hop over, and which ladders I could climb up, and it was so much that I didn't realize the high cost that that focus had on me. Uh, here's the deal. I don't even remember beating that level. I know I must have because I finished it and my son finished the game. 
but I don't remember beating it. I just remember the frustration and, and, and all of the time away from my family it took. So here's the deal. It had a high cost because it, it robbed me of time with my son. He had gone off to play with Legos or some other thing instead of watching me fail miserably over and over and over and over and over and over, and you get the point, uh, at this game. It cost me time of, of being present with my family because I was down there. It also cost me because I was frustrated with the game, and I know that I took some of that out on my family. It cost me in sleep as well because I wasn't able to just get a good night's sleep because I was dreaming about the dumb game that I was failing miserably to get past. And, and the truth is that when I was focused on that, I, I wasn't doing the right things as a dad, as a husband, as a parent. I, 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 was, I was focused on the wrong things and, and it was bad. So in the words of Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn, your focus determines your reality. Your focus determines your reality. And so I want, I, I, the reason I'm throwing that out there first, I know he's a fictional character. I get it. He's a cool fictional character, but a fictional character from the Star Wars area. If you don't know who he is, it's cool. Uh, but Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jim was, Jin was talking to his Padawan uh, and he was saying, hey, your focus determines your reality. What you focus on determines your reality. And the reason that I'm throwing that out there is because it is so true. What we focus on determines our reality. When we focus on the bad and the broken, when we focus on something to the detriment of everything else, it can be a problem because we lose sight of what's important. We lose sight of what we're supposed to be doing and we lose our way because we've lost our focus. I, I'm 100% sure that this is why the first commandment that God gives to his people after he liberates them and, and Moses goes up on the mountain and, and, and receives the law, the first commandment that God gives is a commandment about focus. It comes in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, verse 5. It says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. It's all about focus. God wants our focus. God knows that if we don't focus on him, that we're going to lose our way. And this is so important because if we think about truly, we want to reset and, and restore, maybe have a brand new life in Christ and, and live into the hope and promise that he offers. We need to get this. We need to get it because it will determine if we're going to be successful or not. It's so important that when Jesus was asked, hey, uh, Jesus, what is the most important commandment? What is the most important commandment? What is the one thing we should do in order to, to, to keep our focus on God, if you will? And Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. This is the first and the greatest because it is all about focusing on God. Rule number one, love God. Love God and allow God to be your focal point. When you fall head over heels in love with someone, it changes your focus. And the same is true for God. Falling deeply in love with God will reset our focus. 
It will center our focus on God instead of on the things of this world and the brokenness and the grumpiness and the pandemic and all the things that are going on. And we can focus on God and and start to see that God is still in control. God is still moving. God is still the one in charge of all of creation. I mean, that's the gift we receive at Christmas. It's a reset. It refocuses us each and every year on Jesus Christ. Now, Christ came to to die and be raised again so that we can have new life in him. Our very lives can be reset into the image of God. We reset our lives, our hearts, and our minds. This is the promise that we hear about each and every year at Christmas and, and the hope that we should carry each and every year, every single day, is that we can grow in that relationship, that we can focus on God, that we can allow God to be the love of our lives. I I have a great friend, um, and when when I talk about falling head over heels in love with Jesus Christ, he's like, that's just weird to me. And, And I'm like, I get that it could be weird because I'm talking about being in love uh, with, with Christ, but th- that's truly the way that we set our focus above everything else. Because when we love someone, we will uh, do everything it takes to help them to be successful. And if we say that we love Christ, we're going to do everything it takes for him to be successful in us, in the mission and ministry that he is calling us into. And so the question is, how do we make this reset? What does it look like? What, what, what can we do in our lives to allow God to reset us? Maybe there's some simple, uh, simple thing that we can do that, that will help us in the process of being reset. Uh, and I love, uh, there's a letter, a, a guy named Paul. Paul writes most of what becomes the New Testament in letter form. He writes to churches that he has started or that he is planning to visit um, and writes letters to him. And one of those letters was a letter to a church in Philippi. It's called the letter to the Philippians, or uh, in some Bibles, it's just Philippians. In others, it's the epistle, which means letter to the Philippians. But in chapter four of that, he's kind of wrapping up the letter and he's encouraging them in in the midst of being, uh, you know, finding the world to be difficult or uh, untenable because people are treating the Christians poorly. He, He gives them some hope. He says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let that sink in for a moment. What is it that we can think about that, that truly uh, is excellent and praiseworthy in the eyes of God? What, what is it that we can do? Uh, our lives, the truth is, our lives move in the direction of our focus. And so if we're focusing on the good things of God, those things that He has done in our lives and in the lives of others, those things that we read about in Scripture, but also those things that we have experienced where God has moved in a powerful and profound way, that can be key for each and every one of us. 
And so my question for you to start off this new year reset is this, are your thoughts about the things that are excellent and praiseworthy in God's eyes? Are your thoughts about the things that are excellent and praiseworthy in God's eyes? That can be a difficult question to answer for me and for you as well. Because that means that our, we are, instead of being hyper-focused on a video game, we are hyper-focused on God and on what God is doing and how God is doing it so that we can be the people that God wants us to be so that we can live into the promise that God has for us. This is the hope that we have in a God who loves us and calls us into relationship. And a God that wants us to be present with Him is, is that we can shift our focus And look at all of the blessings, all of the benefits that we have received from God because there are so many that God offers to us. And and we can live into that. And, And when things aren't going the way that we want them to, we can remember when God walked with us and have faith that God is doing it even in the brokenness. And we don't want to burn out We don't want to burn out uh, our focus uh, because just like many resolutions, I I remember uh, back in the day when I worked for a company called Pfizer, many of you probably know this company. Um, When I worked for Pfizer, as, as I used to do IT for them, when I worked in IT for Pfizer, I had a group of guys and each and every day for lunch, we would, instead of going to lunch, we would go to the gym. We wanted to be strong, fit, and, and, and uh, you know, we wanted to look good was the other thing. And so we would go to the gym each and every day. Uh, and what, what became interesting to us over the course of years of doing this was we knew every January it was going to be rough at the gym. Here's why. Because in January, you have so many additional people that sign up for a gym membership because they have a New Year's resolution to be more fit. So they're going to they're going to have uh, they're going to have a uh, a better look. Maybe they're going to eat healthier too, but they go to the gym and and they spend time at the gym and it takes away from those serious gym goers which I'm not anymore. But at the time, those serious gym goers because we can't get to the the uh, machines that we want to use. We can't get to the devices that we want to use. We can't do all of the things that we were expecting to do. And so we lose our ability to do that. And, 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 and what happens is about February, all of that changes. All of the folks that made those New Year's revolu- resolutions in January started to realize, hey man, this isn't as easy as I had hoped it would be. Hey, this takes work. Hey, this takes time and effort and energy to maintain my focus on getting fit. The same is true of our focus on God. When we say, hey, I want to resolve to be more like God. I want to resolve to place more of my focus, more of my attention on who God is. We have to work to maintain that. And, And here's the deal. We have so much potential in God. God sees our potential. It's like a new parent looking at their child. That child could be so many things and is going to do so many great things because there's so much potential there. The same is true with God and us because God looks at us and sees all of the potential that we have, all of the things that he knows that we could do if we allowed our focus to be set on him. 
And so our, our task is to reset, to make God the center, the focus of our lives, to allow God access to all of us, not just have him be a bystander on the sidelines, but instead to be the one that's calling all of the plays. And so my question for you is, maybe you're asking this, is what does it look like to make God first? What can you do in your life to make God first? Yes, we can focus on all of the things that God has done, whatever is good and praiseworthy, but what else can we do to maintain that focus so that we don't burn out? And the first thing is pretty simple, uh, especially if we're looking at it in, in light of being uh, part of a community of faith, being part of uh, growing in relationship with God, and that's spend time in God's presence. Allow God to move in and through you, but spend time each and every day in God's presence. Listen to what God has to say. I, if you have, if you don't do this already, I'm just going to invite you to take that as your first step. Hey, I'll, I'll spend time in God's presence each and every day. Uh, maybe you don't know how to do that. Uh, there are tons and tons of daily devotionals out there. One of my favorite, because it was one that my dad gave to me and one that my seminary professor called a pearl of great price, is a book called My Utmost for His Highest. My Utmost for His Highest is uh, available free on the internet, and it gives you a piece of Scripture, and then it unpacks it. It takes about literally about three to five minutes to read each piece, uh, each devotional, each and every day. And there are 365 of them. So you start in January, and you read one each and every day, and you take it through. And next year, it's the same one that you read last year, but it's ones that, that what it is is it helps you to be present, to spend time with God. Now, maybe you're like Pastor Suzanne. She's got like eight or nine daily devotionals she reads each and every day. Uh, and so I, my, my, step, my, my encouragement for you is to take a step deeper in that, to lean into that relationship, to let God tell you, hey, I want you, uh, I, I want you to set aside a specific time, maybe he's saying, or each and every day, be present with me, not just every once in a while, but each and every day. Whatever that next step is for you, take that step into that relationship. The second thing is, is like it. It's make church a priority. Make the relationship that you have with God a priority, and then make the relationship of the church a priority. This is not me saying come physically and be within the walls of the church. Whether you're online or in person, you can make church a priority. Not just worship, but the act of being a part of a Christian community, trying to grow in relationship to make a difference in the world. And so I want to invite you to that. Be a part of this community. Grow in that relationship and, and take seriously what God is calling you to. Uh, be part of the church and make it a priority. Be a part of worship. If you're out there today, hey, say hi, because if you just attend and watch online, you're kind of invisible to the rest of the folks that are on there. Say hi, let us know that you're there so that we can be a part of a community that does what God is calling us to do so we can keep our focus on God. And then lastly, because we are doing those other two, live out of that love that God pours out on you. Give yourself a little bit of grace and give others that same grace. 
When we focus on God, everything can change. We can change our focus. We can change our direction. We can change all of those things. And it's key for us to maintain that focus. And and here's the truth. A lot of times people do start off and mean well in their relationship with God, but they do. They, they, they burn out. They get tired. But I want you to understand that, that Jesus didn't call us to be buddies. He calls us to be disciples. This is the work of discipleship, to maintain our focus on God, to maintain our lives in the presence of Jesus Christ, to grow in that relationship so that we can be more like Christ. So I want to encourage you as we close out today to, to take a moment to hit reset, to allow your focus to shift, and then let's go. Let's be the people that God wants us to be in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's pray. Holy One, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ for his life, death, and resurrection, for the new life that we receive in him, the reset that we have on life. But God, help us now in this moment, even if this is our 88th year of being a Christian, help us to reset our lives on you. Help us to focus on you above everything else. Help us to maintain that focus. Help help us to receive joy in that focus and to do life from that focus so that everything we are comes out of our understanding of who you are. Help us to recognize that we are yours and that you are our our God and that we can follow you faithfully, even in the darkness, but especially in the light. Help us, Holy One, to draw near to you, to be perfected in you, and to fall head over heels in love with Jesus Christ. We pray this in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all of us agreed and said, amen.